Please, once again, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 as we continue our series, For the Common Good Too. Uh, we previously mentioned that Pastor Todd and I would be leapfrogging this series by alternating weeks, uh, but due to some family circumstances, Pastor Todd needs to be out of town this week. Uh, but no worries, he plans on being back next week when we reopen and we, he will wrap up the last two sermons in our series. Just as a reminder, our five-week big idea is this. Spiritual gifts are God's common good manifestations that flow from inside-out transformation from his mercy-rich salvation. And I, I'm sure we're going to see that in our text once again today. Last week, we looked at the necessity to view ourselves with sobriety and humility. This week, our discussion will flow right out of that one as we discuss unity with variety from verses four and five. Let me read for us verses four and five of Romans chapter 12. It says this, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Today, I believe our text is going to teach us something amazing, and that is that spiritual gifts work best in an environment of unity with variety. They work best in an environment of unity with variety. Let's think about those three words just for a second. Unity with variety. What a beautiful thing that is when you experience it. Have you ever, have you ever experienced unity with variety? I think you have. A long time ago, we used to be able to attend these things called sporting events, where thousands of people would all gather together in one place, and for about four hours, we were able to experience unity with variety. There would be people with all different personalities and backgrounds and experiences, and they would all come together for one common purpose, that their team would win a game. It was amazing. For those four hours, you would experience this very concept, unity with variety. Well, in our text today, Paul isn't telling us about what sporting events should be like. Instead, he is telling us what the church should be like. And he tells us that the normal, everyday function of the people of God should be one of unity with variety. Then in verse three that we looked at last week, he told you what the key to experiencing unity with variety is, and it's humility. Humility is the key ingredient to unity with variety. You see, Christian community cannot experience unity unless we have humility. Without humility, we only experience unity with people who agree with us. Without humility, we always think, I'm right, the way I think is correct, and others' opinions are wrong. And since we disagree, we must be enemies. To prove this to you, I'll just point to Twitter. Twitter posts typically sound like this. Here's what I think. If you think differently, you are dumb, wrong, 
and I hate you. Then all the comments below that post tell the author of the original post that they are dumb, wrong, and I hate you. The church has to be different than Twitter. This is what the church should sound like when we discuss things. Here's what I think. If you think differently, then there is probably something I can learn from you. Can we discuss it? Both being willing to think and grow, and then we will leave the discussion respecting and loving each other. That's how the church should work. But you know what it takes in order to act like that? Humility. And you see, without humility, we will never appreciate variety. Without humility, I think people who look like me are good. People who act like me are right. People who do things how I do things are right. And people who look differently or act differently than me must not be as good as me. People who lack humility think that variety is bad and uniformity is good. You see, but humble people think variety is a gift and a blessing. And there's so much I can learn and be blessed by from people who are different than me. That's how the church should function. Last year, I believe that our church, First Family Church, demonstrated incredible humility. As many of you know, last year, Chris Eller, uh, one of our pastors, took a new position working with our denomination. And we had a role change, a position change. Uh, and we had this youngish punk step into the role of small groups and discipleship pastor. And, and I was able to experience last year a humble church because a new guy came in with different methods and ideas and strategies. And I saw a church love and, and accept and be excited about variety because I thought and acted and, and do things a little bit different than Chris Eller did. And then just a couple months later, um, the youth pastor stepped away and, and moved into a new role, and we, and we hired a new youth director, Jake. And Jake and I are completely different. We, we do a lot of things differently, and I saw our church be humble. They accepted variety with unity. They accepted Jake and brought him in and loved him. And he had different ideas and different strategies. And they accepted that with, with open arms. And they were welcoming to change. And man, what a great testimony of unity with variety. When change happens in a church, we see our people, the body, warm and accepting of that and willing to learn and to grow. You see, Humility truly is the key ingredient to unity and variety. Please understand, we do believe there are core truths we are not willing to budge on. We are not discussing those today, nor do I think Paul is discussing those in Romans 12. Romans 12 is discussing how Christians, all under the banner of the gospel, get along. And we get along even though we're very different in personality 
and giftings, and yet we find great unity in our unique, uniqueness. So let's look at our text again, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. Here we will see Paul use the analogy of the body to discuss spiritual giftings. And we will point, and he will point to the human body to show us what unity with variety looks like. This is really interesting. Paul, throughout all of his writings, uses the human body as an analogy for the church body. It's not just in Romans. The reason he does this, he uses the analogy of the body, is because it is such a great illustration for variety with unity. Let me read for you Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 15 to 26. Paul says this, For the body does not consist of one member, but of men, many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. See, what a beautiful analogy of the church body is the human body. Paul constantly uses the analogy of the body because I think your body understands unity with variety probably better than your mind does. See, every day your body functions with great unity with variety. And I believe there are four truths the church body should learn from the human body. Let's look at those from Romans 12 verses 4 through 5. Number one, everyone is essential. Look at verse four. For as in one body, we have many members. You see, everyone understands that a body is made up of individual parts and that every individual part is equally essential. You know that about your body. That's, that's common sense. So this ought to be common sense in the church as well. Every individual is essential. No individual is less important than another. No individual is disposable. We need each and every one that God gives us. That should be common sense too. 
The church, by definition, is a community of individuals. The Greek word for church is ekklesia, or called out ones. It has the idea of scattered ones in the community who are called out and then assembled back together to form a body. The very word church speaks to the fact that the body is made up of many individual parts. And the parts, when assembled, produce the whole. So for the church to not function as if everyone is essential is a misunderstanding of what the church really is. Number two, our text teaches us that every gift is essential. Look at the end of verse four. And the members do not all have the same function. Paul here reminds us of our individual uniqueness and the blessing that our uniqueness is to the church. Every church is filled with completely unique individuals with different gifts, talents, and abilities. And the church is meant to cherish the uniqueness of the individuals and let them help the body to be more productive as a whole. When you were saved and the Holy Spirit took residence inside of you, you didn't get a uniform, a haircut, a new personality. No, God used your uniqueness alongside of his giftings to be a blessing to the rest of the body. That was his plan. The longer I've been a believer, the more I've learned that this is true. A church's variety is one of, the, uh, one of its greatest blessings. The more variety our church has, the more avenues we have to be a blessing to our church community and to the community we live in. So for the next two truths, we're going to look at verse 5. Verse 5 is so profound and important. It teaches us that we are both members of one body and members of one another. Number three is this. The health of the body is essential. Let's look at verse 5. Verse 5 says this. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. This verse takes our eyes off individual trees for a second and makes us look at the forest. It tells us that we should not be so focused on our neck of the woods that we neglect the rest. We truly are all in this together. You know this about your physical body, that the health of the whole body determines the health of the individual parts. You understand that. So I believe that is true of the church as well. I think one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Acts chapter 2. In Acts 2, in Acts 2 the church at its infancy is functioning very well. Individuals are coming to Christ, and they, are quickly, uh, they quickly form together the first church. And they begin functioning like a body would. Individual gifts, talents, and abilities but all under the common goal and purpose. It says this in Acts chapter two, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, 
and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. See, in Acts 2, you don't see individualism. You see unity with variety. Although this church was far from perfect, it is a good example of individuals working together for the common good of the whole. And lastly, our text tells us that the health of the individual members is essential. Let's look at the end of verse 5. The end of verse 5 says this, and individually members of one another. Before Paul concludes his thought, he reminds us that each individual is interdependent of the others. Just as the human body is completely interdependent, so the church body is completely interdependent. See, every part relies on the others for what they need. Just for example, uh, think about if, if you need food and, and what it requires from your body to get the food that it needs. You need eyes so that you can see what you're doing. You can find what you need. You need, you need feet so that you can get to the food and, and go to where it is. You need hands to get the food to your mouth so that you can eat it. You need a mouth so that you can chew and swallow the food. You need a digestive system to process the food. And from there, I'm not sure. But, but, but you get the point. Just as the human body is completely interdependent, so I believe Paul is telling us that each church member is completely interdependent. Every part of this body relies on the others for what they need. Some teach, some give, some serve, some lead, some care for others with acts of mercy, and so on. Every one of us need all of the gifts to be shared with us in order to thrive. You and I, we both, we need teachers we need generous people, we need leaders, we need merciful people, and, and, so, and so do all of us in order to thrive. Each piece of that is essential to the body to thrive. Let me point you back to Acts chapter 2. The last few verses in Acts chapter 2 show that this point is true. It says this, and they were selling their possessions and their belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." What a, what a great picture of what the church should look like. The church is using their gifts that God has given them for the good of others. They're caring for each individual. No one has lack. No one's missing out. Everyone has what they need by the others being generous. You see, 
I think what we need to learn today is that the effectiveness of the church is dependent on living like the body we are. Church, we must, we must function like we truly believe that everyone is essential, every gift is essential, the health of the body is essential, the health of the individual members is essential. And it's that mindset that will help First Family Church remain a place where there is unity and variety. Church, as we wrap up today, I just want to take a few moments and say thank you. I want to personally just say thank you to the people of First Family Church. For the last two months as a staff member here, I have had a front row seat to seeing this church body function just like the human body. I've seen unity with variety, and it has been absolutely beautiful to see. You guys truly have been using your gifts for the common good of the body. For the last two months, I've been able to see folks just step up and say, hey, what are the needs of the body? I'll help those. I'll provide for those. I can, I can provide meals for those who need meals. I can, I can go grab things from the grocery store. I can, I can deliver them to people's homes. What do they need? Give me a list. I'll go. I'll take care of those. We've seen so many of our people be generous with their finances, either in regards to the church or to individuals who are in need. So many of you have stepped up and, and been generous to others. I've seen our teachers and, and, and our exhorters help us make devotionals and post things on our social media page to encourage others. We've seen so many people be sacrificial with their time, willing to come in and help with the services and, and different projects that the needs uh, that the church has need for. We've seen even uh, our church surround a family that we don't even particularly know when their, her, their house was burned down. And we had so many people step up and, and help care for a family that we don't even really know. And that's just to name a few. There have been so many times in the last two months that I have seen our church body function just like the human body. Variety with unity. And it has been amazing to, say, uh, to see Church, I truly, I truly can say at the end of my sermon today, great job, keep going. By no means is today's sermon a lecture. It's not me pointing my finger and saying, come on, people, get to work. Maybe for those of you listening now that haven't had an opportunity to get involved or, or would like to, there's still needs and we can get you involved. But, but mainly, I just want to say to First Family Church, great job. Keep going. Let's care for the needs of our people. Let's surround the body and, and help where we can. I'm so grateful for this church who, who with humility, understands unity with variety. Thank you for what you're doing. I think the Lord is pleased with our service. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we thank you so much for the church, that you have 
called us out and assembled us back together in this local church called First Family. We thank you so much for what you are doing in the individual lives of our people, but I'm so grateful that we are not merely individuals, that we are an assembly of those who have faith in Christ. Father, in this two months, it's been hard to watch the, uh, the needs of our people arise, but it's been beautiful to see our people step up and to be generous and, and, and helpful and to meet the needs. Father, thank you for how you designed the church to meet the needs of the body. I pray that we would just continue to do that for your honor and glory, Father, so that your name would be renowned through our city, so that people would see our love and would be able to boldly proclaim that they must be disciples of Christ. Father, I pray that our witness would be strong during this time, that we'd be able to have a good example for Christ in his, in his honor and glory. Father, thank you for this church. We love you. Thank you for the beauty that this body is. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more messages, visit firstfamily.church forward slash sermons or subscribe to our podcast feed. Thanks for listening.